I know, I know. I know what I said yes to. It's fine. It's all good. (laughs) We're loose cannons. You just never know with us. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the New Wave Podcast. I am your co-host, Pid. And I am Nuveen. We are the the New Wave. Wave. Team Ched Hutton for another episode, everyone. (laughs) We're here. I hope everybody's doing well and staying healthy. Um, Inshallah. Yeah. We're all good. Yeah. Stay sane. I know it's hard staying sane. Sane in this weird time, but maybe we can be your sane people. Yeah, the... even though that's not a good option for us. Yeah, I'm supposed like, to say silence, but if they depend on staying sane from us three, then they're gonna have a tough time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please don't rely on us. Yeah, no, 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 you. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's we a, won't be held responsible. It's a strange it. time, everyone. But hey, you guys had a you just heard our guest's voice. We are so happy to have Betty Shalmashi. Did I say that right? Shalmashi? Yeah, of course. Of okay. course you said that. Right. Betty Shalmashi is our guest, our very, very special guest today. I have been admiring her for um man i think since like i think i've like followed her like at some point last year and i've been admiring her and really looking up to her as like a role model for for months and for like a year now and um and i'm just so happy that you're here and i'm like really excited and yesterday me and Pil were talking about the work that you do, and we were just like fangirling like crazy. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Um, so yeah, and Beatty is one of is one of the most promising filmmakers in Kurdistan and the Netherlands right now, and she has written and directed several awarded movies. And we're just really excited to talk to you. Um, welcome, Beatty. Welcome. Drum roll! Yay! Thank you so much, girls. <laughs> Um, thank you for this beautiful introduction. I'm humbled. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being here mm-hmm. and not rejecting us. You know how much we're scared of rejection. But <laughs> you're both too cute and the concept is just too much fun. How can anyone say no to this? If, I don't think it will happen. Will? Thank you. Then they're the idiots. Yeah. <laughs> you're so sweet. Can you tell um our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're living, what you do? Um, so I grew up in the Netherlands. I was born in Paris. And then uh, my mom and dad took me to Kurdistan uh, because they were with one of the movements. They were Peshmerga or in whatever form or shape. Um, I actually just made an interactive documentary about that. That might come out like a week or two after this podcast. Oh my God, Um, yes. What is that? Because it's a complicated story. However, I grew up in the Netherlands from two on. Um, After graduating from film school, uh, I spent some time in LA, not necessarily for film, but more for the ocean and trees and 
all that. Uh, then I moved to Egypt for a while, uh, to Cairo. At some point, I moved to Cairo to live near the pyramids, which was amazing. Oh. Then back to Holland and some more film stuff. And then I was like, if I can live in Cairo, surely I can live in Holy too, <laughs> right? Yes. And then 2012, um, I moved to Holy to, to prepare for my first long film. I was teaching at Saladin University's film department. Um, yeah, kind of got stuck there for a while. The teaching was horrible. Okay, that's what I wanted uh, to talk to you about. Because I remember like on Instagram, you and I were talking and I was like, I want to go back and I want to teach after I get my master's. And you were just, yeah. you were telling me about like a little bit, like kind of briefly about your experience and how you were like really heartbroken. Um, could you tell us a yeah. little more about that? Of course, of course. Um, what I remember from it most was tearing my contract oh. apart in front of my boss at some wow. point. So, um, yeah, my, my dad le- later told me, Biri, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Maybe that's not a good thing. I was like, they didn't do anything good for me either. So the promises they made, the agreement wasn't worth anything. So, um, no, I was treated really bad underpaid undervalued and um i might sound sound like one of those who goes back and thinks she's all that and maybe i thought i don't know i can't judge i can't look at myself from outside but i generally thought that i was gonna bring back knowledge Mm. and um I wasn't much. I wasn't that much older than my students. Some of them were older than me. I was like twenty-seven at the time, and maybe my students were like twenty-three. So you know, I thought, yeah, this is cool. We're gonna do this. Um, Saladin University has an art department, and within that department, they have film. And we were in this old and crappy building, very much neglected. Teachers looked down on me and pretended I was a student. They were like, what can you know? And now looking back at it after several years, I think maybe it was uncomfortable for them. Mm. And um, I don't know, maybe because I wanted to bring quality to the school they were afraid of losing their positions. Maybe I don't okay. know. Okay, and at but, that point, did you you had your degree? Did you what did you what have you studied before you went there? Like, what kind of de- what degrees did you have? I um, have my bachelor's degree in screenwriting and directing um, from uh, the, our national film school in Amsterdam, yeah. and I have my hold my master's. Um, from a similar school in Utrecht, also in the wow. Netherlands, uh, because my school didn't do a master program back in yeah. the time. And the only reason I wanted to do an MA program was to be able to go back and yes. teach, actually. Wow. Um, oh, man, that's so disappointing. I'm so sorry. Um yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I think I was a bit, I know I was a bit naive for thinking you can just go home and change their world. That's not it's how so it works. It's so hard. It's so hard because some of like, you know, I've been talking to 
um, another artist from Selemania and like, you know, he was, his name is Hiwa K. Are you familiar with his work? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Hiwa K like a couple of weeks ago and he was telling me how he just, you know, he's been in Germany for like over 10 years and he just recently went back and he was like, I'm, you know, I think they need us more as artists. They need us more here. And I was like, you know, yeah, like we all have that in our heads. And but sometimes it's like really hard to go there and like Im make an impact when like there's changes that need to happen from the top, you know, and, and how. Yeah, it's and that. And it's also isn't it also how they're afraid um, that we come and take other people's spots there. So like for myself, um, this is what I've thought of. I'm going to spend lots of time, time there. I'm going to make stories. Yeah. I'm going to be there. I'm going to support people. But not ever within that system again. Um, I Like spending all the time there, I kind of lose, uh, lost um, my place within the Dutch film network and industry. So it, I came back in 2016, 15, um, and I had to fight my way back into the industry in Amsterdam. And then I figured whenever a white person or someone from the West goes to Kurdistan, mm -hmm. they appreciate them way more than when a Kurd works in Kurdistan. Oh so God. I figured, yes. right? So I figured I'm, I'm going to be a Western person again. I'm just going to stay within my industry in the Netherlands find funding there and whenever there's a Kurdish story I want to tell I'm going to take that funding back to Kurdistan work with that totally independent from any local system and just make the best of it in order for our own Kurdish society to never ever ever look down on me I again. know and I think that was something else that we talked about that I wanted to talk about on here was about this whole like looking to like our own people looking um into like Europeans or white you know white people slash Europeans um well they're all whatever okay but looking to them for like validation as if like women like us or even not just women even men um who go back in leadership roles and and how and you you had told me how you you've taken teams um back to Kurdistan with you and there's like white people on your team and how the people back home had perceived you to be their translator or that you were their answer yeah. where versus they were actually you were actually like paying them you know what I mean and you were leading the project so it's like how do we like that is just the oh my god like that's just an example of what happens so much or even like how how we're perceived and it's just sad and I don't know like how can we make how can we change that or how do we like you know what I don't know that makes me really sad I'm we're already doing that <laughs> by by existing and finding each other online and uh, recording this and um, you know I guess the what I've seen there it kind of forces you to stay humble yeah. and not be arrogant in your twenties mm. already when just because you graduated from a from a good university or whatsoever. Yeah. 
you you have to earn their trust oh. and then um on the other side of it is also if they see your talents yes. they'll give you all the platform mm. they can mm-hmm. and that's a big plus of being kurdish uh, both in diaspora and back home but um yeah yeah also you were just mentioning um when I go back and work with a crew that I take with me from mm-hmm. Europe and they're like, oh, so you're their translator. There's nothing no. wrong with being a translator, of yeah. course, but it's just, um, it's very hard for a lot of people to imagine a or like young or relatively young Kurd from abroad being in the leading position. Mm. And that's because it, it's hardly ever true. Yeah. So what we can do, whatever we do, make sure they see it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Um, that... Are you girls having your tea? Because you promised me this was like having tea together. <laughs> I have, I'm having coffee right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pill it. Good. Okay. And we're back from our snack break. Yum 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 yum. yum, yum. yum. <laughs> <laughs> um, Betty, I want. So, is there a common theme like with the work that you do? So, you you're a screenwriter and a director. Is that correct? Yeah, mostly. Is, yeah. Am I mm-hmm. am I missing anything else? I don't know, Nuveen. It's a, it's a mess. It's um. <laughs> I think, I I think there as, as an artist, there's a main thing you do and then uh-huh. during your career you kind of do other things that are kind of part of what you do but not the general thing so like yeah. I, I write essays in Dutch for uh-huh. a major Dutch newspaper I'm an advisor to the National Film Board I am a tutor um, at this um, temporary uh, master's program at um, wow. Rietveld Academy, like our ma- major um, art school here. Wow. So, so, but I guess I'm I'm what you said I am. But it's never just that. Yeah, it's not it's not like what people think that I just sit and write or am on location, scouting or filming. There's this whole uh, it's a little bit t- of everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything, but but like, do you think all like everything else that you do contributes or feeds into your like, you know what I mean? Feeds into yeah, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about your artwork because it's it's amazing. First of all, yeah. Um, and I have a I question. Do you want to like tell us a little briefly? If, if is there like a way, or is this even like I don't is know if this possible? is even possible to like summarize just all the work that or the films that you've made and worked on is there a commonality is there a common theme within all of the works that you can kind of like give everyone a brief summary about or is uh, or do you yeah, not yeah. even look at your work that way or do you think that every like it's all individual or whatever i, I tried looking at it once okay um since graduating um and that was when i tried to make a website uh-huh. and i was picking stills from all my films and thank you for watching a bunch of them Mm -hmm. um 
I was trying to make a website and I was like, oh, okay, I should pick one image from every film. And I was like, oh, wow, it's all me. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And I th- I don't think it's like literally me as the way I see myself or present myself, but there's always a bit of me in yeah. there. So that's why maybe most of the main characters are women. And you yeah. kind of see like I could make my own uh, biography by bits and films wow. so there's like young girls there's like women there's uh, stories in Kurdistan stories in Europe um, stories of girls in Kurdistan in Europe wanting to go to Kurdistan so like I can always see um, it's almost like therapy maybe like reflecting on mm. bits and pieces of my own story without knowing um that that was what I was doing at the time. Wow. Wow. Um, that's, that's amazing. Gonna oh, and then I could definitely relate to like I I work in a lot of different like mediums and stuff. And like I think the time like and I have no trouble like working in a lot of with a lot of different materials and whatever. But I think the second I start organizing my website, that's when I start like getting really, really like anxious because it's like I can't I can't edit out certain things like all of this. I feel like everything that I do tells a larger story where it's like it's important to see even the even the not so great stuff. And and for my for in my case, it's like every single all these individual pieces tell a very large story. And I'm not I can't like my mental space like my I don't have the capacity to share that like larger story yet but I just know that everything that I'm doing now and all these individual pieces are going to are going to contribute to that thing so um you you said something funny along the way in that sentence you said um that also do not so great things and that's so sad to (laughs) say that about your own work I don't, I don't think that's fair. I think uh, I think a lot of things I've made along the years, only when I look back at it and I have kind of forgotten about the process mm. and the circumstances, then you kind of see, hey, this was actually really nice. So it's not fair to judge your own work like that. Please don't. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll be better. Um, I mean, and I definitely, and that's the thing, what I'm trying to say is, like, it's it's important to not dismiss those works. The works that you think that aren't great, they are actually really important and essential and crucial to your growth. Like, for me, it's, like, all of them, like, I don't dismiss them. I mean, I, I am mean, and I say mean words about them, mm-hmm. but I definitely acknowledge them and, and appreciate them to the point where it's, like, this, because of you, it's just their building blocks, you know? I'm uh, Yeah, you have to, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you... And you're still in art school. Oh, yeah. you're, this is the time where you're meant to make things you hate yeah. in order to find what you love. Mm-hmm. Like I hate, I hate all the kids who were in school with me and only made perfect films mm. because I was always, <laughs> I was always making horrible stuff, trying to fail because yeah. I know what what formula works. Um, <laughs> I wanted to figure out the 
sorry the edges yeah. of that like how far can you go so <clears throat> if all your work now would be quote-unquote good mm. then why are you in school oh my god thank you this this is such good advice yes definitely um okay so i pill i'm gonna start and then you jump in whenever um we watched shouted from the rooftops um and let me say <laughs> that I am always searching for a work of art that will move me as a, a song, a poem, a painting. I'm always on that quest for to fill up this void inside of me that gets and, and to fill it up with art, you know, and there's something about like, you know, when you when you hear the right song, when you read the right literature, you're like, oh, that feels so good. That fills me up. I feel I have like a sense of home or belonging or there's some like art. I rely on art so much to get me through my life. And with uh, Shouted from the Rooftops, it was it was so poetic. It was pure. Um, it was beautiful and it was love and it was one. And it was, it was so poetic. Holy shit. Did you write all of it? How can I still talk after all the flattering <laughs> words you just said? um yeah yeah of course i i wrote the, the script and the voiceover the narration wow thank you for liking it oh my god it was so good Pele, what did yeah, you think? when i watched it um granted it didn't help that beforehand i was watching a k-drama that was really sad and so <laughs> then i watched that and i was already crying so then it made me cry even more um, I think what there was like this common theme with your work and I talked to Nubin about this last night too was um, I think what's really um, special or what I take away from it personally is that I love how it's kind of bringing light it's it's humanizing the issue that's already there mm. because to outsiders I mean like you know when use America as an example because that's where I live is like people are aware that war is happening and that war is going on but it doesn't personally affect them because they don't know like the people the day-to-day -day lives that it's um, affecting um, all of like to them it's just far away and it's untouchable so when you bring um, an example of uh, like a love story and how she went off to war and didn't come back and the, the grief and you feel the grief through the work and when you bring light to that for other people when they see it it's um it it kind of becomes relatable because mm -hmm. it's relatable situations and um I think it's it's a great way to bring awareness to also all the issues that are happening in the war and um, that is happening and is ongoing whether we realize it and it's ruining people's lives every day whether we realize it or not yeah and so I think you do a really great job of doing that and it's like I don't know it, it's just it, it, it hits you know it does it definitely hits and then I think we can talk about Frontline which we also looked at and um, and even with so do you want to give up both like give us like a give the our listeners a a like little summary about um shouted yeah. from the rooftops yeah so shouted from rooftops um 
is um, a love story about a young man standing on a rooftop waiting for his lover to come back. And um, she might just not come back. Let's spoil that for the listeners. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because she went to war to fight. And it's um, we shot this like three, four years ago um, in Hole. But we kind of, I kind of wanted it to feel as if it could be Rojawa, it could be Bakur, it could be Rojalat, Mm. it could be now, it could be the 70s. But most people related to the recent or still ongoing war actually mm-hmm. against the Aj- ISIS. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And then you mentioned Frontline mm. briefly. Yes. Uh, they are kind of connected. Um, yeah. okay. Frontline is um, about a Kurdish girl in the Netherlands in a kind of arguing with her uh, partner while they are practicing shooting, yeah. which they do as a hobby. And uh, she might just leave to the same front line as the girl from Shadow from the Rooftops. Yes. Mm. Okay. And so one of the common themes I saw, which is really empowering, and it's so true that, like, in both of those films, um, the guys stay behind. And they're these, the, the women are going to fight. Mm. Yeah, obviously, I'm not going to waste my time. (laughs) (laughs) Right? If I'm going to go through all that stress and pain to make films, I'm not going to make the guys look good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think Um, um, that was a big thing when I first watched it. um, um, When I saw that, oh, the woman is going to war and the guy is staying behind. (coughs) Um, In my mind, I was just kind of like, oh. Like that's that's not really what you see. Like, no, especially in the West. Yeah. Yeah. Still... Exactly. In... What I hate, mm. but you you know what's really annoying me about the West? How during our fight against ISIS, they were like, "Oh, look at them, Kurdish women fighting," and um, it pissed me off because I, like my mom back in the eighties. Was those girls in my films? Wow. So I kind of had to reclaim our story, and for us Kurds, it's not a new thing to um, see women fight. So um, it's funny how, on one hand, it's like a very special um, point of view, but it's actually so normal. I mean, go through your family archives, and <laughs> you'll see those women that I portray now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no definitely it's so it's very very common but it's also like one of those things i think my whole thing for it was like kind of putting it in a like me looking at it and putting it in a historical context where it's like there's a history there's such a large history of like these films about you know the men going off to war like especially like american yeah. films and european exactly. films and men going to war and the, and the woman is left behind and constant every day is just waiting for her husband or boyfriend or whatever to come back whereas like damn it took it, it took like a kurdish filmmaker to like disrupt that history to not even not don't just disrupt it but just bring light to like oh no actually this is reality and this is our reality and like you know you're literally and that's something that i love about your work is that you're 
all you're doing is putting the mirror up at reality and that's mm-hmm. all it is and 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 it's so powerful um and then like for frontline okay in the beginning of the film like okay there's it's like screaming oh my god i can't believe i'm, I'm so happy that i get to talk to to the creator about it. <laughs> i'm just so happy to like i i love for the both of you how you reflect on this because you know like i don't get to talk to to audiences that have a similar experience mm. in all of this it's like mostly dutch audience and they'll be like oh wow <laughs> can women do that and then it's different it's nice to talk to like young kurds about this mm. yes yes i think it's important too it's like because it's like our audience yeah and then i guess that comes back to like yeah the audience and how different audiences yeah. to hear work. the audience's perspective and what they take away from it um, and it's going to be and, obviously very different from like you know in yeah. different places yeah yeah but i try to serve all those different audiences at once yes and you do a really good job. we are that it like that's us as well you girls are as american as you are Kurdish, whether you like it or not, especially mm-hmm. in the way you're conditioned to watch a film. And that's why maybe um, the remark on like how it surprised you to see the, the w- woman in that role of fighting, because that's how we're conditioned by all the films we see. And even every now and then when you see a Kurdish film, unfortunately, like way too often, um, they are made up to the image of um, mainstream Hollywood films that we see. Mm. So it's hard to navigate and communicate with all those different, different <laughs> slow down very audiences mm. within ourselves. Um, so you were going to say something about Frontline. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. But I also, I, I also wanted to ask you about like, how hard does it get when you, when you have it's like i think that artists in as artists outside of kurdistan like we do have two audiences and that's definitely something that's like hard to ignore and you have to acknowledge that we have two audiences whether it's kurds in kurdistan or kurds outside of kurdistan or kurds or it's europeans americans or whatever you know it's like how do you how do it's a lot like we have it really hard and it's like how much does that play a toll on your creative practice and is it does it get difficult do do you ever feel like you're neglecting one audience or is it your responsibility is it even your responsibility to feel yeah i don't know yeah Yeah. unfortunately because um when you work in film or in any other form of art um when you're unlucky you are responsible for the representation of a people and uh, i think we we are responsible for three audiences Mm. as kurdish artists we are responsible for um like our um host country or our like our home Mm -hmm. which is the netherlands for me then it there's kurdistan and then there's the diaspora because mm. 
diaspora Kurds are a different species from local Kurds, to say so. Um, because they have both those worlds within them. Um, and then when um, you make films or you do stories about Kurdistan. Yes. This, oh, my God. It's so splintered because um, the only place we have access to kind of is Bashur. And I'm mm -hmm. from, from example, from Roshalat, and mm -hmm. I can't go. I barely see any images from it. I make films that are about Kurds, like most of the time. So I feel responsible um, showing um, their side of the border yes. as well, where I can't even go. And then maybe sometimes I don't even want to make films about Kurds. Mm. What about that? Because that's not all I am. I'm not I'm not the Kurdistan yeah. flag like 24-7. Yeah. I'm a person. Like I have emotions and relationships and different hardships from different than just being yes. Kurdish. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's a good but, it's hard to find like the fine line into yeah this is a part of me but it's not all of me exactly and like i think we all go through uh different phases where you want to show everyone where you're from in order for them to understand or maybe even to claim yeah. it because if you don't grow up over there then there's like we all go through that phase where you want to show hey I know I don't didn't grow up there. I might not even know how to speak without an accent, but I can claim this land just as much as you can. Mm. And if you are busy with that, it's like holding all these balls up in the sky and not wanting to drop any of them. It's I think it's hard. Wow. Also, um about that yes. mirror and reflecting what we see in reality. Like, I remember saying this back when I was still studying. Um, I had my first interview in Kurdish on, I think it was Media TV back then. Okay. Um, like, I didn't know how to dress up or how to talk Kurdish, <laughs> or let, let alone sit there for an hour in the studio. There was this um, Belgian guy doing my makeup and... It was horrible. Like I'm traumatized by that inter interview forever. But the interviewer asked, so like, well, how do you represent us? Blah, blah. And I was like, well, I can't because I'm just, if, if uh, filmmaking is a reflection of our society, then I'm just one bit in that mosaic. And the unfairness in Kurdish films is... Like, there's one good film every five years yeah. or so, like a film that reaches a broad yeah. audience. Mm -hmm. And there's more and more, luckily. But you can't expect that one film to represent, represent everything that, like, at least 50 million people yeah. go through. Mm. So, but the funny thing is, if you make that film or you're busy making a film Kurd-related, I always feel like, I do have to make something that all these people feel comfortable yes. with. And that's unrealistic. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's yeah, and then it's one of those things where it's like sure, you know, you can't 
you're one person you're one person and you can't of course i mean of course you have a team and a crew and everything but at the end of the day it's like art as the artist how much can you separate from the artist how much of the artist can you separate from the art and how is that one person's influences and perspectives and um you know own personal like narrative like i don't know it's kind of it's kind of hard i i hate i i hate when people like try to put that on me or that responsibility on me where it's like oh this doesn't represent courage what you made right here that doesn't represent courage it's like yeah. no but it represents me and my and the way i see exactly and i'm like you know we all have to look at each other collectively as like all of our individual um experiences and and hardships like we're all one so i mean so either. yeah so there's your answer then that's that's all you can be just you and like the closer to to yourself your work is the the more it it um applies to others as well because the more personal the bigger the story mm. Oof. um yeah and wow. i was gonna okay let's go into front lines oh my goodness i have so many questions okay yeah. so um in the beginning of I think that it, in the beginning of the film, um, them being in in the coffee shop, I think this and having such a deep conversation, they're having a serious deep conversation. And I think that it was like one of those moments in the beginning where I'm, it's like, even the look on the actress's face when he asked for like soy milk in his coffee, there was just like, it was screaming privilege, white, not just white privilege, but yeah. like just privilege, yeah. all of us, we're all in the West, we're so privileged and we're so sheltered. Yeah. And, and that's so true. Like there's been times where I'm at the sushi bar and I'm having like deep conversations, political conversations about Kurdistan. And then it's like, oh, we want spicy mayo with that. And it's just like, yeah. And then you're like, oh my God. Like, or like <laughs> yes, please. there's like yeah. moments where like the food, it's hard to even swallow the sushi or drink the coffee when you're having these conversations. And, and I think this is a, a really good depiction or um, representation of like Kurds and diaspora constantly like feeling like, you know, like wanting, like we're having these conversations, we're doing what we can and we're trying to have like do our part. And then in her case is like, you know, she wants to go back and fight on the front, in the front, on the front lines. Um, you know, I noticed the interracial, you know, she was in an interracial um, relationship. And I think that's also like another key, like note that I wrote down um, to kind of depict that whole like you know Kurdish idea, you know, just the Kurdish experience outside of Kurdistan. And it's like, yeah, you're not like it's unrealistic to say that you're gonna be dating Kurdish dudes or whatever outside of Kurdistan, whatever. But anyways, um, uh, what else? Yeah. There's um, yeah. yeah. Just the like when the server comes up to them, and while they're having this like really deep conversation, and I think that like when the server comes up, it's like, it's like a pause, mm. and it's like they it's like they take a break from what they're saying and from the reality of what they were talking about into like, so do you want this, this, and then like he goes away, and it's like okay, resume, and I think just in general when you like that's just our lives, yeah. that's all of our lives. Like, I'll be talking yeah. to Nubian on the phone, and we'll be talking about what's been happening in Kurdistan, and 
um, like the government and um, the even recently with the coronavirus and even like with uh, like the war and everything that's happening. But then at the same time, I'm like in Walmart, like picking out like the cereal. Yeah. And yeah. It's it's like and then a lot of times when me and Uvin are talking, like even right before we go up to the cash register, like okay, hold up, doc, I get. And then we're like, go, we'll pay for our things, and then we'll go back. I'm like, okay, and and then to other people looking on the outside, they might think, oh, they're just having a very casual conversation because it's a casual setting. And but realistically, like they don't know what we're actually going through and what we're talking about in our conversation. Or the weight, and I think that's like, and it goes back to like the weight of like this. We're constantly carrying around these heavy, like rugs. Okay, I'm going to put the rugs in there. Yes. (laughs) No. Yes. Please. (laughs) You carry them for us anyway. Just throw them in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. This. What you just said just gave me goosebumps because that's exactly how I felt when I was riding frontline. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just come back from Kurdistan uh, during like the tough, toughest days of the fight against Daesh, mm-hmm. and I felt so estranged from like Western society. Yeah. Like walking out of the train in a busy train station, I kind of looked similar to everyone around me but the world in my head was exploding wow. and I felt so out of place here I kind of felt like I had to go back and fight but the front lines is not for all of mm. us yeah so you, you kind of have to find your own uh, fight and thank you for noticing um, the soy milk in the opening scene because <laughs> I think there's audiences that hate that there's a mm. joke there and others um, like that's the things I like to put in there when I'm writing mm-hmm. and like those little de- details that make it of this world r- rather than just a film mm-hmm. and so I really enjoy putting those details in so thank you for oh, noticing yeah, definitely and there's this like undertone of like as tragic as it it is it was also like there's this undertone of like humor you know like the subtle it, al- it also it almost seemed like sarcasm in a yeah. way yeah well that's me then that's me then <laughs> yeah and that's like the the funny thing about like writing jokes that are maybe not for everyone mm-hmm. is um when you sometimes sit in an audience uh, with an audience when they are watching mm. the film it's almost as if you're a theater actor, like waiting to see like how people receive your lines and mm. the rhythm and everything. And like the soy milk joke, <laughs> some people don't respond at all. Some audiences, yeah. uh, like the best audience for it so far have been diaspora Kurds. What? Like when you're in audience like abroad yes. and it's like, oh, I'm like, oh yes, these are my people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, that was, it was, it was so good. I also like, you know, ultimately it's like, she's not just leaving. She wasn't just leaving. At least what I got out of it was like, she's not just leaving her, her partner behind. She's leaving her whole life behind. Um, and this privileged life behind and, um, yeah, is is well. Definitely, we're gonna link these. Um, yeah, can these we link these two to our? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 
Um, and you can definitely, even if you want, like, pause this podcast and go watch it and then come yes. back and listen to it. And I think it's it's really, um, it's, it's good. Um, I have a question, Betty. Do you have difficulty finding um, Kurdish actresses? Yes, of course. Oh, my God. Of course I do. Because I know, um, like, five years ago, we didn't have much choice now we have some mm. choice but then there's another difficulty just because you have like 10 good actresses doesn't mean they're suitable for every oh. role oh. so like sometimes i feel like um i'm insulting uh, girls who are actually good actors yeah. um for not giving them a role but there's so much else around yeah. it like do you fit the the style of the film do you speak uh in the tone that i'm looking for do you does your face match with your um co-actors like there's so much it's like a painting it's wow maybe maybe i I have some shade of blue but not the shade of blue that i'm looking for so um we're still lacking choice and although there's a lot of good ones there's so much like other difficulties around it. For example, if I make a um, film with funding from the Netherlands, from our film mm. fund, like I think like 90% of the budget has to be spent on Dutch crew and cast. Oh, so people living in their Netherlands, yeah. for example. And the same goes for like a German production, a Swedish production, uh, because most of our uh, films in Europe are government funded. Yeah. We we don't have like it works different because, <laughs> however, even if like a lot of people will go and see these yeah. films, you will never make money of the profit. Yes. It's not it's not worth it. So it's all government yeah. funded. So it has to be. Um, like go back to Dutch society, right. blah okay. blah. Therefore, sometimes you have to use um, mm-hmm. actors from your own country, which mm. means there might be a brilliant um, Kurdish actress in mm. Norway, and I can't hire her because I would spend the money oh. in Norway, for example. Um. So that's a that's difficult. But for, but still, like I know I've used. Uh, girls in my films with different yeah. backgrounds, non-Kurdish, and I hate when people do that, and I do it myself. <laughs> so I hate it. But in the end, what wins is do I make a convincing yes. film? And um, I think I, I don't. I don't say a good film or a bad film, but the moment you realize someone is acting, you're not watching. You're not engaged right. anymore in the story so i just pick whoever works best to get across my message or the emotion and And for example right in the front line i use a dutch moroccan girl for example but she's been in a she's been acting in a kurdish film years ago like she's been to kirkuk and holer and she cried reading the script and although maybe there's bits and pieces she can't relate to Mm-hmm. There's so much else, like being split between two identities mm. and um, like so many other things that she felt, but still 
and she's one of our like I think she won an Emmy for one of oh, her wow. films but wow. still like I'd rather work with people who are from that background yeah. from the mm. Kurdish background so yeah girls listening if you have any ambitions in that please go and study mm. acting like don't ex expect uh, directors to just cast you for your pretty face mm -hmm. like I studied for this for five years. Do you think anyone would give me funding to make films just because I like it? No, like you have to work hard for it. So the same goes for wow. acting. Um, wow. There's a lot of girls like DMing me on Instagram and being like, can I be on your next film? And I'll be like, okay, <laughs> so what have you done yeah. to train yourself? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's kind of. And sometimes there's a gem in there that you can train over a couple yeah. of months and it works and sometimes it's nice to work with non-actors mm -hmm. mm -hmm. this is a very big and frustrating answer to yeah. a short question but it gets me frustrated I wish I could always cast Kurdish girls for the role of a Kurdish girl yeah in but then again it's also it's like you know you're you're in Holland and I think that's all about like that's just like diaspora in a nutshell or even like you making films in Haulid wishing that it was Rujhalat uh, or Bokur where it's like we kind of just have to make things work and make the best of our situation you know um, yeah also I was wondering about like okay I think last year like last year is like June 2018 I was going through our old messages and I had like posted a um, performance of myself um, I don't know if it was Nova the rug dealer or if it was just me dragging a rug <laughs> but how, how is Nova the rug dealer not you dragging a rug <laughs> like, what's the difference oh there's a difference okay so <laughs> so and you were like you had sent me like you know like applause and I was like oh thank you so much and I was like you know I'm actually really hesitant about doing this kind of work and I really like performance and um but I'm just so worried I feel held back and um I don't know I remember like posting my first performance on Instagram and I remember like months later when I'd go out into the community in Nashville and like there's some dudes like chuckling like haha what are you doing gonna drag some more rugs around like fucking like picking on me oh please can I stop you right yeah. there those guys will be the first one uh, telling everyone they know you when you the second you become famous for it I know and then it's like a month later like Y'all, you know, this, like, journalist in Yahoo wrote, like, a whole article in Germany about this performance. So then it's, like, one of those things where you're, like, it's so frustrating. Have Did you ever, have you ever, um, have, was there ever a time in your career where you felt like you couldn't, you were held back from making some of the best art? Yeah. Yeah. Because of society Constantly. and culture. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I went to Rochelat once in my life. I was 19. I just got into film school and I was super proud of that. I went to um, 
Mahabad, where my mom's family is yes. from. And I got reunited with my grandma, who was always my favorite person on this planet. Mm. Like when I remember when I was two, three years old, I actually remember this. I miss having her around. And uh, obviously, we didn't have like video calls <laughs> around back yeah. then. <clears throat> Even phone calls were super expensive. So I always missed my Dayaganem, as I called yeah. her. And here I am in Mahabad, finally hanging out at her house. Like my biggest dream yeah. to go back there. One and only time I actually could because the regime was built a bit more mild back yeah. then. And here she is making fun of me for going to film school instead of medicine and oh. like even say even saying things i wouldn't even i'm not gonna even say on this podcast yeah. but she broke my heart oh. and really looked down on me for going into art mm-hmm. and because she had been so i had been admiring her all my life that really broke my heart yeah. so that's the moment I can recall because for me, like two big things came together, like my first ever uh, time back to the motherland and following my dreams. Yeah. Um, so, like that whole summer is <laughs> one big disappointment. Oh. And now, obviously, like she's proud and blah, blah, because she's mm. seen a few things on TV about it and stuff. And then she, like, they will like it when other people tell them to like yeah. it. Then they'll be like, oh, I was there from day one. Yeah. And even what I mentioned about um, film school in Hole, mm. that horrible experience, or even. Kurds in the Netherlands who are like, so do you have a job? I'm like, dude, I have so many jobs. I, d- I don't even oh know. Oh my God, like, I hate where... when people ask me that. So like, what yeah. do you do? Like, do you have a job? And I'm like, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> like, what do you... <laughs> like, this is my job. Oh my goodness. They just don't, yeah. they, like, some people just can't wrap their heads around, like, like they associate artists like this whole starving artist bullshit is so old like get yo yeah. there's funding out there there's a lot of money out there for <laughs> artists like <laughs> don't worry yeah, and of course of course you, you have to be smart and know how to find yes. it and how to market yourself but it's like with any other freelance yes. job yeah that's just what comes with it and I know not everyone likes that or is that is good at it but yeah I've had many of those like frustrating moments and I still have them and what it did to me is like when you meet p- new people in a crowd and everyone's like so what do you do what do you do I just keep quiet because I don't even feel like talking about it anymore I'm just like You'll just see my work pop up somewhere or read something and then then judge them. Or what I hate most is when they underestimate what you do, even when you tell them. For example, I'll be like, oh, I'm a filmmaker. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I have a camera too. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Or like, or when they think it's just and nothing bad about documentaries, but fiction is just so much harder and more intense and takes so much time that it sometimes annoys me Mm. when they Mm -hmm. think, 
when you say film, you must mean documentaries because how in the world can a Kurdish woman be a fiction film director? A lot of frustrations. But back to your rug, because I think we need to fix that. And then Pin, Pin, Pin has also recently been like kind of struggling with. Yeah, I heard. I heard that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's there's a lot of um <clears throat> so I have another Instagram and it's um even yesterday like I went on live and there's there's a big like first impression that people get from you and yeah. so the first impression that a lot of people got was um a video of me you know just like making fun not making fun of but it was like joking and about Trump and so you're definitely making fun of them okay yeah, I was making fun of him. Um, yeah. And so yesterday when I went on live after, you know, Nuveen, after me and you, like it was just me afterwards. So a lot of people were just like, oh, are you going to talk about Trump or not? Like, uh, like, hurry up, we're waiting. And imagine <laughs> it's like, that's not what I want to do. And a lot of people, like a lot of, there's a lot of pressure into being a certain way and to acting a certain way and if you're not doing it the way they want to then it's not acceptable to them and it's just like a huge back and forth and um a lot of and then and on the other hand they make fun of you for just doing yeah. it in general. And, then, and i think um yeah it's like the same they want the same thing they expect the same thing from you that got that they were criticizing you for in the beginning anyway yeah. and that and then I feel like when Pil got into all of this and like me and my whole performance, like when I got into performance art and stuff, like I couldn't help. I would watch Halu Jalu videos. Okay. That, that was my whole like introduction to performances where I would just see them and I'd be like, oh my God, like these are grown ass men doing these like skits and performances and they're Kurdish. And, but then I realized I was like, if they can do it, like what the hell I can do it too. And then and then I was, see, I was like, oh, but then I started noticing, I'm like, the women in these videos, they're all like, they're obviously, they don't have any main roles um, in these videos, and they're not Muslim Kurds. You know, if they are Kurdish, they're either Christians yeah. on Yazdis or whatever. So, I and I noticed that. I was like, oh, like, where where are women like Halujalu's at? <laughs> but anyways... <laughs> well maybe I'm talking to some of them now <laughs> although I've never seen Halutzelum so you'll have to send yes. put a link um, in the show yeah. notes for me at least um, uh, like listening to your thinking everything is just context and people getting used to it do you think Charlie Chaplin back in the days if he would be in the wrong uh location in the wrong audience would it make any sense his stupid oh. behavior no but when you put it on screen and it's like in a context where people accept and expect it then uh, it's all okay so i think our audiences are not used to seeing you perform mm. like that but if you just keep on doing what you do then the losers who come back for the things you that you don't want to make yeah. will go and the others will find you and it will grow. And sometimes you will disappoint people when you decide to change your topic. 
like girls what am i gonna do if my next film is not oh. about kurds i will lose i will lose 80 percent of the people who are interested in my work probably yeah but so be it and like for for both of what you're both doing on instagram um and elsewhere if that's what you like and what you want to explore and develop i will be looking yeah Oh, yeah. you're so amazing. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, it, it's a lot to take. It's not a lot to take in, but it's like, it's a good, this is a good episode to listen to, to just like get you thinking about your life. Yeah, but like, if how can you ever figure out what you like to do in life if Every time someone else uh, makes a comment, uh, stops you. Like, okay, I think we lost Nuveen. Yeah, we did. Um, just hold your thought. Hold your train yeah. of thought. Maybe her phone ran out of charge. Hey, or she's tired of happened. us. <laughs> Hello. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. I thought no. you were tired of us. <laughs> That's what. If every time someone makes a comment about what you do, how can you ever figure out what it is exactly that you want to do and develop? So don't, please, Pil and Nuveen, both of you, keep on <laughs> doing what you're trying to figure out. And you're already halfway there for putting mm -hmm. yourself out doing it. But like, imagine all the girls of the next generation after you who are looking to find the the figures that yeah. you play in your Instagram videos and like imagine maybe there's this young girl somewhere yeah. in France who has the same sense of humor and has a Kurdish background but uh. never sees anyone like her mm. how can you ever develop your skills and grow if you give up for some idiots who wish yeah, they could be and that authentic. I think the thing authentic. that gets to me is kind mm. of like, you know, like, you just don't, I just don't, and it might be the ego a little bit playing a role in my, in this, but like, just like getting belittled by these people who don't even like have, like, you know, you're taking things out of context and then you're belittling me as if I don't, it's like, yeah. no, but I have knowledge and I know exactly what I'm doing and I know like what I'm, you know, you know what I mean? I think that's the thing where it's like, okay, do you just ignore? I don't want to constantly. There's no fun if I keep explaining like, you know, hey, well, this is actually me acting like this. I'm actually criticizing how old women in Kurdistan, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like this, like listening to myself ten it's like, years ago. I have an education. I'm like studying this kind of stuff. And yet you guys are like yeah then then this is and the thing is it's good that you feel this because you're gonna feel this at some point <laughs> wow I, I sound like wow. I've been doing this for a hundred years but um what I mean is I have I've had mm. this conversation with my dad 10 years ago he, he was like Biri if this is what you're gonna do mm. and you're gonna continue doing this the more people will see it, the more more um, 
negative wow. feedback you will also receive. So if you know what you're doing and why you're doing yes. it, even if it's not perfect yet, then be satisfied with that because they're going to be picky. They're going to be annoyed. They're mm. going to be um, jealous. They're going to be uncomfortable because they, they haven't seen okay. anything like it yet, maybe. And that's just like, like <laughs> go back to your memories of high school uh, the day you decided to wear like a I don't know something you didn't used to wear before and like how would the the kids in class yeah. react and you'd be like eh, what is this it's yeah. it's just the exact same thing it's maybe uncomfortable for you because you're new to it and trying it out and it's yes. uncomfortable to them and that's the whole because point. they haven't it's seen like it before that's but the whole point like we want like whatever we put yeah. out there as artists it's like it's supposed to make you feel something you don't have to like what i'm doing and you don't even have to like what i make but it's making you think and it's making you feel some yeah. type of way if it's making you uncomfortable then that's good that's exactly then you did a good job. Then you did a good job because mm. you did something mm. to them. You provoked a thought. And even if it doesn't, or if you, you're not even mm. sure what you're trying to tell, if your gut tells you to try mm. it and to record it, then you have to. Because how are you, how are you going to know if it's the direction you want to go into if you're already blocking yourself just because mm. of some idiots mm -hmm. on the internet and that ladies and gentlemen gentlemen is the wise words of being wow. amazing <laughs> you'd be like my virtual big sister yes. uh, stop <laughs> please can we have a separate podcast where we're just sisters <laughs> to uh, this yes. oh yes motivational Yo, if, you, talks. if you're willing to come back on here oh. we would love to have you on here again and again and maybe like what we want to do for the future of the podcast is get like one more person like you know what i mean so instead of three of us it'd be four of us so yeah. right yeah that's cozy <laughs> Oh, that's it. I think that's like my biggest like I think that's the biggest compliment we could receive for our podcast is when, when someone says that they feel comfortable or it feels cozy and like they're just having conversation yeah to me that's like the yes. biggest compliment we could yeah. get it's um, also it also means the three of us are really making mm. ourselves vulnerable right now because when you get comfortable yeah. you kind of forget what you're saying and then yeah. other people can listen yeah to and this. i've noticed yes. yeah we do we do tend um, to like get pretty um we do i like literally i'll hang up the the i'll hang up and i'll like ask pen like wait what do we talk about like i i completely black out <laughs> yeah because it's just like it's it's um, yeah. it seems more or less of like an interview or a podcast episode mm -hmm. than more just like talking to someone. And um, I think that's why that's to me, that's why one of the reasons why I really love our podcast is just that vulnerability um, is a lot. And... Yeah, it makes it real, I guess. Mm -hmm. So for both of you, we, we were talking about um, um putting yourself out there and doing things that and make other people uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Like, mm. yeah first first yourself probably so what what 
what do you take from our conversation? Like, what are you gonna pursue now because of this talk, which you, mm. you are kind of scared I'm of continuing upload making? A performance uh, that I've not shown before. Yay. <laughs> I'm probably gonna go on Instagram live. <laughs> Yay. Oh my god. No, you know this conversation is but it's just it's very motivational. Um because me and Nuveen do have other like plans in the works, especially for the future with our podcast and um, we have like a lot of things behind the scenes that we've been like talking Ooh, about. Oh, and then also it's like me and Tim doing like videos and... together and like performances together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been, you know, having a lot of those plans and in, in the works and we're just kind of like tweaking here and there and finding a good way to, and I think it now especially it makes it more like it's more like oh so let's yes. instead of and just then, making it and public, then also let's it's like it. it just feels really yeah. good to talk to you about these things baby because it's like you said like you've been through you've been through this before and it's nice like you know if anything like it just feels good to have someone to look up to and to just not feel like I'm alone and be like okay I'm gonna get through this and you know I'm not the only person who felt who has felt this way before and like that's really really like um reassuring you know so I really appreciate you for like opening up and like thank you you know thank you so much yeah. of course no problem also makes me feel less lonely in this journey mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of us out there and yeah so it doesn't it's, it's not important from which generation you are like mm-hmm. we all go through the same and mm-hmm. yeah it's important to connect and yes. yeah I, I can't wait for your joint <laughs> video <laughs> I think you have to upload it like at the same time as this episode because it's not it's not a fair ending to this episode <laughs> yeah. if they can't no. look at it yet no the, the oh. issue is we don't live close to each other at the moment yeah uh, come on it's it's 2020 i'm sure you can do something oh. split screen and record it yeah that's 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 what we were thinking about is like looking into that and um yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we can't be, publish this. You know. Maybe we don't publish this yeah. until we we come out with the performance together. <laughs> yeah, guys, I meant twenty thirty <laughs> when I said it's twenty twenty. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you well, you uh, went to school together in Duhok, right? Yeah. How how what what do your friends back there think of what you make and what you? put out there can they yes. relate to it and no it's been that and also it's, for the most part it's mm. kind of been like silent on their end okay um, so they're kind of waiting <laughs> yeah there's a couple here and there that you know have reached out and have said that it um really speaks to them and that they love this and but you know yeah. i mean the end of the day you can't really choose who watches your and i think yeah and your things. Do it, it's just yeah. like podcasts aren't like really a big thing yet you know what i mean like i think we need to like yeah yeah we need to push it more 
maybe we're ahead of our time. Yeah, but I, like, I think it's also because in the West we have more time yeah. on our own, and that's why you listen to podcasts, or maybe it's very a generalization. Maybe maybe yeah. they are in their rooms all the time. <laughs> I don't know, but oh, that's a yes. shame. But I'm sure it will change. For sure, it will grow onto them. Yeah, I mean, even mm-hmm. me and Uben was like, this is just the beginning. Um, like we're just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um... you know, Dook is very important to me. Like when it comes to Kurdish film, mm. because of the Dook International Film Festival, and like a lot of the best Kurdish professionals in the film industry in Bashur oh. are from Dook. There's some I don't know, like discipline and like something about wow. them that makes them stand out. That's really interesting. Dude, Duke wow. is like there's something, man. Like, are you saying that these filmmakers were like born like raised there and stuff? Grew up there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And never never lived anywhere else but there. Um I don't know. I like them the most. I'm sorry, Holy Suleimani and everything, but like for Kurdish film, my favorite people to work with Aww. in Bashur are from Dohok. And especially like um, mm. some of them from my generation who set up the Dohok International Film Festival. That's amazing. I love them. Like, they worked so hard and it's really wow. up to international. Damn, film y'all hear that? Festival. <laughs> And and then the best the best filming experience so far obviously what, what? has also been in the hook when I flew over, yeah. over it in a hot air balloon. Oh that's how I explored oh. the hook. Wow. You guys that was the best. You guys, I, I gotta get on that. I'd be on my way to Dahook today, actually. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm oh. so glad we had this conversation no, so today because nice. it kind of made me forget that I was supposed to be going there this summer. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. But yeah, Duke Pan. What do you think about that? Do you think uh, that like Duke is like a hub for like I don't know. I personally, I mean, I literally a I dedicate a lot of everything that I am, the person I am today, because of growing up in Duke. Like, there's just something about the culture there, the humor, the people, the, um, there's like, I wonder what it is, what's the common um, thing that like, what the artist in Duke and how like, their upbringing there like, affects their art making uh, and what it is, you know? Um, I mean, to be honest, like, I don't know if there's like a specific thing or there's, but just in general, I noticed that Duke has a very, just the city has a great way of making mm. you just feel comfortable and at home. Yeah. And the environment is really, I, I love yeah. Duke is very close to my heart. So, yeah. Um, and I'm not even an artist. So. Yeah, you well, are. Well, but then you don't again, even, you are. You can realize it yet. <laughs> I mean, everyone has a little bit of art in them. I would say. Well, yeah, we were just talking about what you're gonna broadcast, mm-hmm. which is also <laughs> art. Yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> hey, what do y'all know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
if we want to, you know, wrap things up a little bit, um, we definitely, Betty, would love yes, to have you. This come was on so the wonderful. Again. Thank you so much. Is, um, is there anything that you would so like nice. to tell our listeners? Yes. Anything to keep an eye out for? Um, so, who any to anyone who made it this far into the podcast, yay! <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> staying with us. Um, yeah. I think like all I want to say is keep following this great podcast and Aww. if there's any doubt in your heart that you can do whatever it is you like then you're <laughs> stupid think again and just do it and like the weirdest things become <laughs> the biggest sometimes oh, yeah. and stay wow. weird and yeah Thank you. Wow. Well, thank you for taking your the opportunity to shout us out. I think that just shows um, how nice you are. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. We'll have everything linked in our description. And you definitely need to go check out her, um, her work. It's very amazing. And, um, and we thank you both for me and Nuveen both. We really appreciate you coming here today and giving us your time. And Honored to have tea with you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank okay, you everyone. Yes. Okay, everyone. Thank you for joining the New Wave podcast. Be sure to follow us. Like, share, subscribe, whatever. Um, 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 my name is Nuveen. And we are the and new wave. And we are the new wave. <laughs>